Welcome to the Matt Hummer Podcast, episode 65. I am Mo and I'm here with Alison L. How's it going, guys? Good, how are you? I'm alright. Bit unimpressed that uh, during my week off you basically turned the podcast into a disturbed propaganda machine, L. What are you going to do? Absolutely nothing. Uh, the new issue is out now. Now? this is, It's out on Thursday, if you're listening to it on Thursday. It has arrived anyway. We have dedicated an entire issue to the year that changed metal forever, 1994. It's a banger, isn't it? Yeah, the amount of releases that year is insane. And all just within a really short space of time, in just 12 months, suddenly there are all these massive, massive albums that came out, which you can read about in the new issue of Hammer. You can. It, it was the year that completely changed the, the face of metal forever. Um, we're, we're talking albums from, you know, debut albums from Marilyn Manson, Korn, In Flames, uh, career-defining albums from the likes of Emperor, Pantera, Acid Bath, Nine Inch Nails, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, and given that this marks 25 years since that incredible 12 months of metal, we thought we'd dedicate a whole issue for it. And what better band to head up such an issue than the one and only Machine Fucking Head? Yeah, we've spoken to Rob Flynn about what's happening with the band right now, with the whole kind of are they breaking up, are they not breaking up, they're not. Yeah. And what he's doing with the new lineup, and also taking him right back to Burn My Eyes and what it was like to make that record in 1994. Yeah, one of the best. I mean, you know, we've been banging on about 1994. There was uh, so many great albums there, and um, Burn My Eyes was just one of the best of the lot. Completely changed metal, um, brought it into the 90s in a way that no other band was doing at the time. Um, and uh, they are celebrating that. He's got part of the Burma Eyes lineup back in the fold. They're going out on tour, touring the album. Um, so he's talking about what, why he's decided to do that in the wake of all the shit that went down last year with Machine Head. Um, also talking about the future plans. Are, when are we going to find out about new members? Who else is going to be on the tour? How it's all going to work? It's all and exclusively in the new issue. Uh, and we've gone all out as well because this issue not only comes with an exclusive 1994 poster pack with Alice in Chains, uh, Emperor, um, I think Cannibal Corpse and others are in there as well. Uh, oh, there's a Burn My Eyes poster in there, of course, because it's Machine Head. And we've got a world exclusive 25th anniversary Machine Head patch. You cannot get this anywhere else in the world. You can only get it with Metal Hammer. We got it specially made to celebrate Burn My Eyes turning 25. Um, so go and pick that up. It's an awesome issue. Uh, we also go inside the madness of Woodstock 94 when you had Metallica sharing stages with the likes of Salt and Pepper. It was nuts. Um, we talk about how therapy became the most unlikely success story in metal. Um, a band that a lot of people don't really, I think, maybe give enough credit to in the metal scene. They were kind of too punk for metal, too metal for punk, and too rock and roll for punk and metal. <laughs> Does that make sense? But like, they're kind of like out, and like they were kind of like outsiders, weren't they? And they kind of got brought into the metal scene. And yeah, uh, well, they sort of crossed over a lot of audiences. And the thing is, listening back to Trouble Gum, I had this immediate nostalgia hit me, and I didn't even listen to it until the early two thousands. But those songs, I think, once you hear them at some point in your life, really burrow into your head. And if you've not heard it before, now's the perfect time. Absolutely, I think I think a lot of people might listen to to Trouble Gum and kind of think, why. You know, what, why is this album relevant to me as a metalhead? Um, what, what does it mean to me as a fan of heavy music? Uh, but the fact is, they became, um, like I said, one of the most unlikely success stories of the 90s. And to, to many people, they actually ended up stealing the show at Monsters of Rock that year. And that was a really heavy lineup for the most part. Um, they were sharing stages with like Pantera and everyone else. And, and they were the band a lot of people came away talking about. I kind of feel like they were the 90s bear tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just my yeah. perspective. Um, <laughs> 
No, you're going to have to expand that point. Go on. Because when Versus came out with their debut record, it was obviously it's more pop punky than therapy. So like, just put that aside for a second. But it has all these like massively catchy songs that appeal to people who like metal, people who like pop punk, people who like punk. And it sort of crossed all those different genres and didn't really fit in anywhere. And like I said, it was just really, really, really catchy. So <laughs> probably just in my own mind, but I was like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, if we had to draw a modern day comparison, I feel like it would be fair to. Interesting. Okay, I'll go with that. Why not? Uh, so yeah, that's in, that's in the new issue of Metal Hammer, along with, like I said, loads of stuff on the likes of Marilyn Manson, Corn, Emperor, Pantera, In Flames, uh, Metallica. Uh, we go inside the Downward Spiral, which turned 25 this year as well. It really was, um, I think, the, the year where metal changed beyond all shape and was never quite the same again. I loved going um, back into the Downward Spiral. And, you know, people know about the Tate House and, you know, they know a little bit about the record, but just kind of really digging into it. It just, every time you do that, sort of sit down with something and dig back into it it gives you a new appreciation for what you're hearing absolutely what's, what's your favourite album from 1994 if you had to choose mm. one I'm just going to make that weird noise <laughs> <laughs> I think the ones we just said like um, you know Burn My Eyes is brilliant Burn My Eyes uh, the is spir- probably the downward my spiral is brilliant I just these are so many classics like, yeah I'd probably go with Burn My Eyes Burn My Eyes and Downward Spiral are the ones I've listened to the most I don't know um, there's a few when I was like looking through the issue that I didn't it didn't like register that they were all in the same year kind of thing it's crazy isn't it there were quite a few that I thought oh yeah this one and this one and this one so I don't know like a lot of the grunge ones yeah you liked of course. the Acid Bath one didn't you Acid Bath I love that album Soundgarden's um, uh, for many's best album was 94 as well shit so yeah, many so many yeah it's all in there anyway it's the definitive guide to the 12 months that changed metal forever uh, as I said free poster pack and really cool machine head patch as well go out and get it right now um, right now being Thursday if you're listening to this on Thursday uh, and go to metalhammer.com to find out where you can order it online shipping worldwide baby what's going on <laughs> I just looked at me with that fight. Looks like you were disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it sounded cool. Um, speaking of bands that kind of started in 1994, Lockdown oh, yeah, on nice The Ramstein album is finally I can't out. It's out. I've finally. just been listening to it and listening to it and listening to it and listening to it and listening to it some more. Well, so let's let's go into this then. What do you what do we think of the Ramstein album in general? I mean, Alice, I suppose we can start with you because I assume you're not super keen. I'm not super keen. Did I mean, you give it a go? I did. I had to review a couple of the, um, yeah, a couple of the tracks. Um, there are some that I liked more than others. Okay. I think I can't remember which one it is, but there's one that I really don't like on it. Can you sing it? No, I can't. It's like really quite um, techno-y. Outlander. Yeah, it's blatantly Outlander. I think it might be. I've got my notes on here, and it's basically an early noughties I'd be the banger. Yeah, so it's just, probably that Outlander. one. Yeah, it's definitely. I reckon it's that one. Yeah, I think it probably is that one. Now that you're singing it, that's I just, one of my favourite songs on the album. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, that's 2019's Pussy, basically. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I actually thought um, that. Um, well, let's kind of take it roughly from the from the top. So, obviously, the two singles started off. I think, uh, I, I think they announced the track list in advance anyway. But I think it, the second you heard Deutschland for the first time, you knew that was going to be a 
an album and most probably set starter as well I imagine yeah. it just sounds like something that's opening up it a... does and announcing their return and it's very big and very epic and very that this is who we name. are you know it's just yeah I agree um, and yeah uh, I actually think Radio is, is to me is the new pussy in the sense of it's just it's, when you actually get to the core of the chorus it's so ridiculous you know, I can I can I can picture people literally dancing about to that and just being idiots to it. Do you know what I mean? Like like America, like pussy. It's got that kind of yeah. We actually had a nice dance about from, being an idiot kind of vibe. We actually have a nice comment from Devon Townsend on this because as really? part of the track listing we put together online, you weren't here, so you don't know about these things. But we <laughs> we put together a track listing online, which is why Alice uh, was listening to some of the songs because she was forced to. And Dedication. We got a comment from a band for each track you can go and see that on metalhammer.com and Devin Townsend oh, did cool. radio for us and he was saying how he just has great respect for them because not only are they very artistic they also know how to play the game commercially and radio is one of those songs that they yeah, put out and rather than kind of thinking oh we'll put out one of the sort of more artistic songs that shows off our kind of direction at this time they went we'll put out radio it's a big commercial hits it's catchy and it's really good and he's just saying he loves the fact that there are bands out there that are still pushing the boundaries and able to keep some you know get some people on side initially by putting out such a commercially sounding song yeah definitely i agree i agree with devin very very succinct devin yeah Um, he put it a lot more succinctly than i did just then so do go have a look at his comments yeah do it right now mohammed.com summarized um, Zyke Dick comes up next that's probably my favourite on the album I um, love when it's one of the heavier tracks in, I was just like oh, I love it because yeah, it came in the Latin choir and I was automatically like this has weight to it yeah, it, it sounds does. like something is happening it's like it's heavier the, the chorus is absolutely massive and it's just so relentless like dum bam dum bam dum bam like it's yeah. just so good makes me want to headbutt a window I put yeah. on my notes here um, yeah that's a great tune Outlander, Alice's least favorite Outlander. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great as well. It is. I can definitely. I gathered. Um, I, even though I was off, I was kind of surfing around people's reactions to the albums a little bit. And I gather this one's a bit controversial because it is so ridiculous and over the top and kind of. No, but like I said, it is very. You know, if you take the guitars out, it is basically a naughty trance song. Like I said, though, they did something like that with Pussy. I think it's just really, really Ramstein. Like, you know, to have a record where they have a couple of radio hits, a heavier song, and then they just throw in a track like this. It's like, it's really tongue-in-cheek. It's a big part where they came from as well, and and like KMFDM and that whole scene, and, you know. It's also just like, we do what we want, and we're going to write a track like this. And if you're a fan of Ramstein, then I think you just enjoy it for what it is because you expect them to do something like this and it's really catchy if you can hear that and then not sing it for the next five hours then you're a better person than me my friend <laughs> Alice you're a better person than now. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah the, the sex song it's literally just called sex isn't it I love the fact they've got a song called Sex. It's like, why that haven't, is so why haven't they had a Ramstein song called Sex yet? They've yeah. had loads of stuff to do with sex. They've not had a song called Sex. So yeah. here we go. Here it is. Uh, I wrote, um, this is basically a stripper song. It's just a <laughs> filthy riff, really heavy, really danceable. So filthy. And, you know, again, we've said in our reviews online, that personal Jesus vibe. It's like a sleazy version of Marilyn Manson's cover, to my mind. It nice. kind of wraps around and it's just... Well, yeah, Elle did write a big old review as well. There's I loads of stuff in there. So yeah, you can read Elle's wider thoughts. Uh, yeah, sleazy, good. 
Um, Pup or Papa? Papa. Papa. I am obsessed with this song. I think it's Papa, but I might. I was interested to know what you so thought of that. So, if you're a German speaker, please correct me. Yeah. I love it. Like I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, this is not really doing much for me. I'm a bit bored right now. And then fuck me, Till's lyrics, like Till's delivery, it's just aggressive. But not only is it aggressive, even without knowing what the lyrics are about. It was already like, this is desperate. This is pure desperation. Yeah, it's really... This is like something really bad is happening right now and he is desperate and saying things and it's like, whoa, someone is right there up in your face kind of going, something is happening right now. And obviously when you look into the lyrics, which have now come out, it is about a child whose sister is working as a prostitute and she's murdered and the child sees it through the keyhole. So you're just Fucking hell. Now I understand... Why it's so traumatic, and I've never heard him push his vocals in this way before, and so it really made me sit up and go, "What am I listening to?" Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's so emotional, so raw, and yeah, the fact. I mean, I think it shows you just how brilliant Ramstein are. That I didn't have a fucking clue what you were singing about, and I still, I still felt moved by it because it was just so like you're like, "What is happening right now? Something is happening," and I am shook. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, So for me. What, after this is where I think the album starts to trail off a little bit. Okay. I, I think I don't think there's... I, I wouldn't say there's a bad track on here. I think it's all good. It's all Ramstein-y. But I think that first opening, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six tracks, is far and away uh, better than the tracks that come after it. I don't think there's... I don't think there's another song on the rest of the album that stands up to anything on those first few songs. I'm surprised you weren't going to say pick out Tattoo though, because again, that's very Ramstein. Yeah, I like it because it's heavier. Beat, you can yeah. bang your head to. That's my favourite of the of the rest of them, I think. But I kind of feel like if it was on, like if that song was on Mutter or even Riser Riser, I think it would be for, forgotten. But because it's a bit of a heavier show, because they, the, the the momentum kind of. Slows up a bit. It's weird because you've it got that really up, emotional yeah. pooper yeah. track. It's like a come down after that. And then um, I think Wasif Lieber is a little bit ploddy, which I don't necessarily mean is an insult in itself, but it's quite like bomb, 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 bomb. I kind of thought that. And then I... Diamant is quite slow as well. And so is White Vibe. It doesn't really so pick I, up again for a bit. I had the same opinion as you when I first heard it. But then as I listened to it more, I couldn't justify my opinion on that anymore. Right. Because I found myself connecting with them that sounds a bit wanky but in a different way so what if Lieber um, I was kind of like yeah whatever I'm not too fussed but then when you've heard it a few times and that chorus comes in it can it's quite goosebumpy actually it mm. is and you can sort of imagine it again in an arena or a stadium kind of sweeping around and having a light show and everything and I was like actually there's more drama in this than I thought it's more subtle but I think it's got something to it yeah um diamonds i was a bit bored at the beginning i was like oh it's just kind of like one of these ballads but actually again if once you've listened to it a few times i think you appreciate the way till's singing on it and it's only two and a half minutes it's not like they put some like really lengthy ballad in the middle of it it's kind of more like an interlude Mm -hmm. um i don't know how to pronounce this one (laughs) right vague right vague yeah i i actually no i i take a look that back a little actually I did really like this one I thought it was really cool really eerie I like the kind of weird like almost theremin-y sound effect exactly. it's like yeah, it's I like, really like that I, it's like Doctor Who or some shit it is but like really, <laughs> really warped and I really appreciate the fact that it was really different again because you've got songs on here that do have guitars but then this song is kind of 
yeah it's this more kind of eerie feel and again it's quite atmospheric I think if you mm-hmm. take each song on its own merit and kind of break it down there's even though it's Ramstein, there's quite a lot of subtleties to get into so I think it's more yeah the second half is definitely slower it's not just like fire all the time but I think there is more to it mm. um, Tattoo we just spoke about I think that that kind of brings it back again you're like oh yeah there's a bit more energy now I'm kind of back into it again yeah definitely and then Hello Man you're just like well this is creepy isn't it yeah Hello Man <laughs> felt a bit flat for me as a as an album finisher. I... I don't know maybe I'm just a bit too one dimensional with my Ramstein stuff and I mostly like the heavier stuff but I think after Tattoo kind of injects a little bit more pace back into yeah. proceedings it kind of I felt like it just trails straight off again, again. I, don't I feel know. like to maybe appreciate these songs you have to be a Ramstein fan because I think when you hear them you kind of imagine how they'll be on a stage or you imagine yeah, the, definitely, or you definitely. imagine the personalities of the people I imagine if I was hearing this album for the first time and didn't know anything about Ramstein obviously I'd be like what the fuck is this but yeah, also totally. I don't know if I'd appreciate it as much and I think with Hallow Man again you can kind of imagine him standing on stage being like some deviant creepy boogeyman and you're I think it becomes more than it is because you're sort of projecting your own internalised visions of what Till is as a frontman. So i definitely say it's an album for Ramstein fans that really kind of solidifies who Ramstein are. Mm. And I could see as an outsider why this might not be very accessible to you. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I definitely consider myself a fairly big Ramstein fan, but... Um... I don't. I don't know. Maybe I just need to. It needs to sit with me. But I think it's a really good album. I probably would rank it a very high seven. Maybe it could grow into an eight out of ten. With I'm a really into more it. Lessons. I think it's got a lot of levels to it. And you've definitely listened to it more than I have. I've probably yeah. listened to it about five times. Okay, yeah, I've definitely listened to it more than that. Add a zero. Yeah, fair, fair. Well, there we go. Uh, And if you want uh, uh, an even more insightful and in-depth review, go check out Elle's um, piece online because it's really, really good and definitely helped me to appreciate some of it. And there'll probably be more to come. Oh, there certainly will be. We're taking some deep dives on this motherfucker in the coming coming weeks and months on Metal Hammer. Um, Ramstein, of course, still have the tour to come as well, so there's plenty more to come in Ramstein world. Uh, we've got the sad news that um, broke this week that um, clown from Slipknot's daughter uh, Gabrielle has died aged 22 mm-hmm. um, absolutely awful news uh, to have, to have um, been released this week so obviously it goes without saying that um, our thoughts are with, are with the Slipknot and especially uh, clowns, clowns family at the moment um, uh, it's, it's such a huge thing to happen of course at such a, such a busy time for the band as well um, there's been a lot going on in Slipknot World this week. Uh, did you guys watch the, the the Jimmy Kimmel performances? Do you know what? I was really, really excited about it on the run-up to it, and I'm really busy over the weekend, and I have not watched it now. But I think it was partly because of your reaction was quite muted as well. I was sort of like, I can't wait to watch this, I can't wait to watch this. And then I was kind of like, oh, maybe it's not so good. I definitely no, I liked it. it, but I thought you said it was like a bit underwhelming. Well, I, th- I no, what I thought was it was, it's it's really hard to... to properly capture the vibe of an extremely heavy metal band <clears throat> in that kind of environment. Okay. You know, for people that haven't really watched Jimmy Kimmel live shows before, they've got this kind of special out... It kind of looks like anyone that went to download back in the days where the second stage was in a car park. Um, it's kind of like that, 
I mean, I could have just said it's like they put a stage up in the car park. Really, yeah, but I remember what you mean. Um, so yeah, it's basically like it's got a big stage on this kind of concrete uh, flooring out in the open. Um, and uh, so it's a bit of a funny vibe there. But what I will say is that there are still people moshing, there are people crowd surfing about. Um, the masks have sat much better with me now. Now I've seen them in action. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. I think kind of generally agreed that Corey's mask was the one everyone wasn't really sure about. Mm. Because it's, you know, it's very basic. Um, it's a bit of a, sh- a throwback to some other elements of other masks he's had. And I think because he said it was designed by Tom Savini, everyone was expecting something really yeah. gory and graphic and yeah. crazy. And just, yeah. like, really intricate, more intricate. Yeah. It's like, it almost just looks like, you know, when, like, people have plastic surgery on their face and they have to wear this sort of, like, plastic yeah, protective. mask. Protective. Yeah, protective. Yeah. It just kind of looks like that. And... <laughs> Like, but maybe it's gone a bit wrong and it's like, I don't know, like really, really bloated face, like a puffy face, you know, like it's, it's been a really extreme surgery, perhaps, I don't know, because his cheeks just look massive. And they I think do a lot of people that, yeah. were just kind of like, what is this? But it, yeah, I think um, the, yeah, I felt, this, I felt the same way about it. And then when it comes to um, the, the performance, I think it just, something about it fit better. I don't know what it was. Um, maybe it's because his mouth's moving about anymore so it fits mm. over his face a bit better I'm not really sure but I, I'm kind of growing towards it and I do quite like the kind of trench coaty, high collar vibe with his hair spilling over it that he brings to it as well it just it gives it gives Corey a whole different look on stage to what we're kind of used to I think um, I think V-Man's got the best mask of the lot which is really cool given that obviously he's a new member it's very detailed isn't it his it's mask. so intricate I mean you were talking mm. about not, not being so intricate like this like V-Man's is really uh, detailed and you know I just want to look at like I want to hang it up in my house or something do you know what I mean it just looks amazing um, what do we think of the single Unsented? I liked it yeah? S- solid single it, I didn't feel blown away but that makes me feel like a spoiled brat because it's like <laughs> I'm really happy to get a new Slipknot song so definitely not down on it and I think it's one of those like I put it on on Spotify yesterday and probably listened to it about 30 times because I had it on my release radar and I was like listening to it and it kept rolling over onto the next track and I was like nope back onto Slipknot so yeah. I do really like it um, it's, it's, a, it's an earworm movie. isn't it yeah like as soon as that chorus comes in in the opening like uh, like you know yeah, that's yeah. gonna be in your head all day yeah exactly um, I thought the video was quite cool it, kind of quite funny that they've gone for a bit of a I guess a true detective vibe with like the wash over see I haven't seen true detective so it was lost oh, on me oh you seen true detective yeah it's I got know, that it kind totally of totally lost I was a bit like I don't really know I presume that's where it's is. come from although I don't know that true detective invented that but it's quite a recognisable I just uh, thought it looked really retro yeah totally but I think that's on purpose I'm not yeah it wasn't negative that's yeah, just what <laughs> it, like, it looks like, like a culty, isn't it because like it's maybe. got like them all in the hoods and everything so it's quite yeah like, yeah so maybe that's part of it as well it's got this sort of like eerie kind you of, love occult stuff yeah I do <laughs> and yeah, retro stuff is. <laughs> uh, yeah no I think yeah I think it's cool and uh, and uh, again actually to go back to the, the Kimmel performance I think that um, uh, All Out Live already feels like a really solid live song like and you can see around. where the big live bits are going to be and stuff you know it kind of feels like that song's been around for a while I mean I know it has but like it, longer than it has yeah what, definitely six, did it come out six but it's not on the or? record is it it's not on the new album isn't it no I didn't oh. think it is but the album's called We Are Not Your Kind yeah but I don't think it is oh, oh. I feel like it's not 
I might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure that You're I saw the, in, yeah. saw the um, list and I was like, oh, well, you were just like, oh, it's not on there. Gonna Google this right now. It should Live. be on our. It should be on our site. <laughs> this is where we find yeah, it. Not, I mean, what I mean is, I'm going to go directly to melthammer.com <laughs> to look it up. Track listing. Oh yeah, it's not on there. That's no. weird. Yeah, so it's mm. just a standalone track. I find it so strange when bands do that. Mm. I mean, maybe it's because um, you know it was really it's. Maybe they just finished that song before they finished the rest of the album sessions and they just felt like it doesn't fit the narrative of the album. And if that's true, that's really good because it means they're not just chucking songs on there for the yeah. sake of it. You know, it's actually, I, mean, I think I read something that, um, that either Jim or Mick put out where they talked about creating an album that really flows and ebbs and you know, makes oh. sense as a whole, which I would really like to hear from Slipknot. Mm-hmm. I like that the first track's called Insert Coin because yeah. it might be all like video gamey or it might just kick off I don't know I just like it, like it it could be quite um, carnival-y though Maybe. yeah that could be although they've gone down that route before of course yeah. a lot of the um, well, volume the 5 was I just chapter like 5 the, the sentiment of it because inserting the coin it's the anticipation before you play a yeah, game and everything yeah. kicks off just like I kind of like what they're game. doing or yeah something. exactly yeah but um, all very exciting stuff um, definitely keen for that uh, August 9th I think on Roadrunner is when that album is coming and of course That's they'll be slaying downloads in god three weeks is it three oh weeks something like that yeah wow it's coming I need to buy some sunscreen <laughs> well that's optimistic and an umbrella <laughs> yeah I was going to say uh, <laughs> although the last couple of downloads have been alright actually so yeah. maybe we'll, we'll get a good one who knows but yeah um yeah, lots going on in Sip the World, of course, and uh, once again, uh, much love to Clown in the, in the wake of that awful news that, that broke this week. Um, Marilyn Manson is doing another TV show. He is. He the put new a picture up on his Instagram of him in like a weird, shiny red shirt in front of some books. It looked quite cool. Um, have you watched The New Pope? No. Yeah. Isn't, it a, I haven't isn't it a sequel to something called The Young Pope? I don't know. <laughs> I'll I be honest I've been it. off I haven't been paying attention I'm sorry yeah I think it's a sequel to something called The Young Pope like you mentioned that has Jude Law in it mm. and it's like oh I remember that yeah thing. I remember that being um, about I think Jude Law was in it again so The Young Pope oh, say something while I look it up anything talk no um... oh I'm sorry <laughs> um, I don't know if I've actually seen Marilyn Manson in anything yet oh I've watched his bit in yeah. um, it's a continuation of the young Pope. the biker thing what's it called Sons of Anarchy Sons of Anarchy oh yeah I watched his bit in Sons of Anarchy that was quite yeah. cool you haven't seen any of the others what Sons of Anarchy no the other Peaky Blinders the other in? things he's been in Manson oh, was in yeah. Peaky Blinders I'm pretty sure he was unless I made it up what was all my was in the restaurant at Bowling Alley I don't know or am I just thinking because Manson seems well out of placing Peaky Blinders maybe he just loves it and he said he loved it and I've just turned that into he was really good in Salem if you haven't watched that you should never watched Salem so good even just the sound of that it's called Salem it just sounds like something you'd be (laughs) into he did he did um, he was like involved in the um, uh, you know the opening track to it as well I know Um, nothing of this yeah it's a really good series about the Salem Witch Trials um, except from a like they are actual witches kind of that sounds cool point of like view I need to watch that uh, it's this, really really good in this post Game of Thrones world yeah I don't know what inhabit. to do with myself all of the seasons are on Netflix well, you get can, on it is it yeah oh, okay well I will be I will be bloody watching it 
just biding my time until the new Dark Crystal series comes out. It's really binge-worthy. And I also, I remember him in Jawbreaker, because I love that film. I've not seen that either. Um, It's uh, Rose McGowan, so they were dating at the time. Oh, so this is late 90s. Yeah, this is ages ago, but he just kind of, he's this random stranger in it, he doesn't really do much. Well, I need to get my Manson fans. The thing why he was a waiter, he was actually a waiter in a roller rink, not a bowling alley, and it was eastbound and down. Ah, and he was in Californication as well, was he? Yes, he was playing himself though. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can do that. That's another binge-worthy show I would recommend. Right. So I just look at all the stuff he's been in on Al's phone <laughs> at the moment. He's been in loads of shit. Fair play. Yeah. I, I, I do definitely think, I know we've discussed this before, but I do definitely think Manson is, is definitely as cool as he's ever been from a mainstream media perspective now. He's got that kind of cool thing where, like, Celebrities think they're cool for hanging out with him and all that kind of stuff. He's getting cast in little bits and bobs because he's newsworthy. Yeah. He's definitely having a lovely time by the sounds of it. In his yeah, 50th year. So. Yeah. Mm. Legend. Uh, shall we take some reader questions? Let's do that. Go on then. <laughs> Fine. Jar of Tripsis. Facebook.com forward slash Matt Hammer readers. Sorry. Or on Twitter. Or on Twitter. Jar of Tripsis asks... Would the mag slash publishers ever consider releasing a compilation book of some of Hammer's greatest features and or photographs from throughout its history? It could be a really fun trip down memory lane. Well, firstly, um, we do have the Metal Hammer annual at the end of every year where we do take the very best uh, features from Metal Hammer across all 12 months or 13 issues. Um, So that's always out of the end of the year. That's always really good fun to put together and it's always a really nice way of looking at what's been happening in the world of metal and what's been happening in our world in that time. Um, and we've also, you know, sometimes we do uh, special little collections of interviews from specific bands as well. Um, I think we did a Maiden one, we've done an Event Sevenfold one. Um, I can't remember what other ones we've done, but we've done a load of them. They're Pretty sure really there's a history fun. of metal somewhere floating around. Yeah, we've done a history of metal as well. Oh, we did a hymn collection as well. That was quite cool. Um, so we do do things like that every now and again um in terms of doing a, a wide compilation uh yeah well i mean that could definitely be something we consider the very best of metal hammer i'd be interested to know if that's something our readers slash listeners would be really up for doing um so if you fancy that let us know on the facebook page and maybe that's something we could look into definitely open to it uh alec asks this is a really good question, actually. Um, a Ramstein, the first heavy band since Metallica to become a legitimate stadium touring act across Europe. Aside from when Maiden tried in 2008, I can't think of anyone else one. Oh, you can't think of anyone else. Firstly, that is mad, given the genre and language barrier. And secondly, who do you think could do it next? So hasn't it... I didn't even think about this, really. Has there really been no other band apart from Metallica and, at one point, Maiden? who's been able to do stadiums across Europe. Because it is crazy that Ramstein would be the band to do it. I know, absolutely crazy. Good Um, crazy. Yeah. I think that really has come from the fact that they got some good people behind them and really pushed on the show because that show needs to be seen in such a big place. And I think as word spread of that show, they just got more and more notorious. Obviously the music's great too, but, uh, you know, that show is a show. Yeah. I think. (laughs) And they um, always refused to do it without the pyro, so... From the beginning, they knew what they had this vision and they did not compromise. Yeah, definitely. And I think because of that show and the reputation, I think they, they have a bigger 
following outside of metal than people realise sometimes. Yeah, um, people have heard of them even if they don't really know anything about metal. Yeah, exactly. Well, my mum's my mate, Paul, <laughs> who is not a metalhead as far as I know at all, but like kind of rock music, uh, they're his favourite band just because he loves going to see them uh, live and seeing all the show and taking it all in. And he, and he keeps trying to get my mum to go. I'm not sure he's succeeded yet. But <laughs> mum, if you're listening, you should go see Ramstein. She's definitely not listening. Um, but yeah, they they definitely have a following outside of just us Gumby Grebo lot, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, someone made an, an interesting point actually in reply to this on Twitter, pointing out that Volby do actually do stadiums across Europe, which is not the first band you would think of, but it is true, they do play massive venues. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously there are other bands like... Not in the UK, but I'm sure they're working on that. Well, Marilyn Manson, stadiums though... Yeah, like, talking, like, minimum 40,000 people. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers? They don't really count, do they? Definitely not. Not, like, as heavy, heavy. I mean, you yeah. know, bands like Foo Fighters and stuff, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about Nine Nails and Tool. Like, what's the biggest capacity venues they've done? Because they must have done some massive ones. I mean, Tool do, like, open-air stuff in the US quite a lot, but I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's quite the same as playing like Twickenham or yeah. even the MK, you know, the Milton Keynes Stadium that runs yeah, yeah, doing yeah. like 40,000. Totally. Probably the minimum you want to yeah. look at. Um, yeah, it's incredible. And in terms of who could do it next, I mean. We always talk about bands like Ghost, don't we? Because they've upped the show, but it's whether or not they kind of get into the collective consciousness, I think, because at the moment I wouldn't say they have recognition. Like no. a band like Ramstein, no. you only really recognise them if you're in this scene. It's not that it's not a mainstream recognition. They need to get Papa on, you know, I don't know, a breakfast show or something. Oh, that would be so good! Yeah, get get <laughs> get Ghost on Sunday brunch. Exactly, That'd be yeah. Brilliant. So I'm sure I'm sure their team are working on that for the next. Something like that needs to happen, and then they just become a thing. I think. But a stadium. I mean, I like I I agree. I think. If I had to pick a band, if I like, had to put my money on only one band to become a legitimate big deal in the next 10 years, I would, I would definitely put it behind Ghost. But, I mean, a stadium. If Metal's only really produced, let's say, three or maybe four bands ever that can do stadiums around the world, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a big ask to suggest any band could ever do that again, really, because the, ga- the game's just changed. Um, I don't know, man. Because think about trying to get Slipknot into a stadium, like how much more... Oh, yeah, of course, Slipknot, yeah. But a stadium, though, they've done arena shows. I don't know, have they done two arena shows in a row before, like at the same arena? Uh, They did Ali Pali two in a row, didn't they? Two dates in a row, yeah, Ali Pali two dates, but that's like 10,000 people twice. Yeah. Once, you know what I mean. And they've done the (laughs) O2. 20,000 people. It's like how much of a... I guess they... I think they maybe could do it, but it'd have to be their only date in a year or something. It'd have to be like... Slipknot are only playing one show and it's this show yeah, at yeah. a stadium and then every single Slipknot fan has to go because I don't know they're so big but I don't know what they'd have to do to have that extra inter-stadium push yeah well we've quite yeah we've kind of um, well stuff like going on Jimmy Kimmel has got to help yeah you know? yeah for sure we've kind of skipped a generation haven't we really because there are people like Slipknot and Avenged that have become festival headliners and Avenged that... have sub-headline for Metallica at stadium shows yeah, yeah but yeah, again yeah. it's like at the moment you wouldn't to be able to stop someone on the street and go name me like tell me who Avenged Sevenfold are yeah but Metallica and Maiden you could yeah Metallica and Maiden you could they're so big even Maiden though really like Maiden were kind of 
still a, a bit of a cult band. Like your average person on the street probably couldn't name an Iron Maiden song. I don't think. They might go, if you played them Run to the Hills, they might go, oh yeah, I think I've heard this. But I don't think, like, I, I actually I, I actually think that the, you've basically you've got all of metal and then miles above that you've got Maiden and then a few more mile, like miles above that you've got Metallica. Like, I think Metallica is so much bigger than anything. Because the iconography, as much as anything else, once people start seeing it around and hearing the name, then it goes into their minds and... Although, of course, we are, I mean, we are just talking Europe, but when you look at Maiden, Maiden do the biggest venues uh, across South America and stuff every time they go. Like, they do stadiums right across yeah. everywhere. Like Mexico, Chile, Brazil, Argentina. Like, any, anytime they go anywhere like so that, they're playing to, like, 50,000 people. So yeah. they are on that level outside of Europe. But in I terms just of just Europe... I wish there were some more mainstream outlets for metal. You know, I just wish metals would still go on mainstream TV shows or yeah. do a Manson and make appearances in TV shows because I think it's really hard to get into metal and to find out you like it if there's no way in which we obviously try to do with Hammer but you have to have some sort of inclination towards metal in the first place it's just you know it'd be nice if there was kind of more of a push well, I think we have hopefully seen some signs. Slipknot on Kimmel, Glastonbury embracing heavy music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I, I think, I think at this point in time, we're at the best point we've been in for a, a good few years for metal to genuinely take a leap into public consciousness again. And I, f- I would like to think that people are ready for it because, as much as I like a lot of music outside of metal, there's so much beige shit in so the mainstream much. at the moment that I think the world is primed for some bands to come in and just yeah. fucking I hope so <laughs> he's punched out instead of like Simon <laughs> um, should we do another question yep yep uh, Jeremy Cook asks uh, with summer summer and festival season upon us what are your go to summery sunshine albums I think we answered this like last year yeah it comes around every year but I like to talk about summer stuff so go let's do it then. again you go first um so I wouldn't say I've got a lot of like metal sun summer albums. Like if the sun's out and I'm like, oh, I want to feel summery. I don't know if I'd put, you know, Gorgoroth straight on there. Um, you know, stuff like Down and the kind of more southern tinge stuff, like Black Label Society's more me- mellow stuff. I like, um, but otherwise, there's a lot of electronica and uh, hip hop and reggae going on there for sure. I always pick the same things. I always pick the Southern Nola stuff. I literally the album Nola by Down, America's Volume Dealer, or Wise Blood by Corrosion of Conformity. Oh yes, you've done some mm-hmm. albums there. Oh Min- my. Municipal Waste, The Art of Partying, anything that's just like a bit fun and like guard good for having like barbecues in the garden. Um, yeah, that's cool. What else. I mean, in terms of actual Will stuff, Will Smith "Summertime" that's my favourite summer uh, song. Yes, <laughs> great shout. Yeah, I've got stuff like I like the Bicep album, Dead Mouse, um, stuff on the Hospitality label. That's a drum and bass uh, hospital label. That's a really nice drum and bass album. I like a lot of their stuff for the summery shit. Just trying to think of more metal stuff. Just definitely southern for me. Oh, I love the Tourist album this year as well. But again, that's not metal. So. Zach Wild, he's good for southern. Yeah, definitely, um, like Pride and Glory and all that, that stuff. What about you? Um, I'd probably pick um, some grunge, so like Alice in Chains. Nice. Probably Facelift out of all the albums um, for the summer. Um, and then 
quite a lot of stoner rock and um also sublime that's like oh yeah sublime. they're a great summer choice they're like the best yeah, yeah a bit of offspring as well for me i know they're not in the same ballpark yeah. but i just make me think of a load of poppy punk bands yeah Offspring's a good one as Definitely. well. Um, and Person, oh, yeah. I think, is good. Person, interesting. Yeah. Nice. You're obsessed with Person. Yeah, I love them. Uh, if you were to recommend several smaller st- smaller bands for the third and... F- oh, I've misread this question and I've done it wrong. No. Go on. I fucked it. I thought this said recommend bands for the stage, not that are on no, it already. No, it's on the stage already. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm going to quickly look at the stage again while you guys answer first. Ben Wilmot has asked, <laughs> oh, if you were yeah. to recommend several smaller bands from the third and fourth stages at Download this year, excluding the headlines, who would you recommend? I think we should just say as well, once again, shout out Download Festival because kind of almost under the radar a bit they've literally put together one of the best metal festival lineups we've seen really in fucking good. years I was having a look years. at the lineup poster and the small stages even are yeah, it's, amazing it's all brilliant yeah um, awesome. so alright you go out so which right. ones we'll probably have some of the same ones which one of these so these two stages on the avalanche stage uh, okay depends how small you want to go like Fever 333 are on there Jason Allen Butler's band now they're really good and do a really good um, show it'll be really they'll be climbing stuff that we're talking about all kinds of politics social injustice going mad Black Peaks we've had them out quite a few times they're always brilliant live yeah. uh, Black Futures on that stage as well who kind of not really sure about them at the moment what I think about them but there's they're definitely worth going to watch they have quite a strong image and they've had people with hazmat suits and that kind of thing like running around at shows before they're a bit mysterious uh, other stages again bigger band but Neobla Viscaris they're a great band to watch I saw them early this year or last year can't remember when they were good Skinned we had them as a new band there's like um, a woman who dresses in all kind of like weird oh yeah that band and clothes and a man who is like called Father who wears a gimp mask and they write songs about serial killers and it's a bit like new metal-y, creepy um, Jonathan Davis was involved in one of their songs and you could say they're sort of a creepy serial killer offshoot of Korn I guess, but again they've got like a really strong image so they're going to probably do something on stage that's worth watching The Who, H-U I do they've only got a couple of songs out right now but a new album's coming soon, they are from Mongolia and do Mongolian throat singing that's going to be really good Underside, who I've gone on about loads, definitely go watch Underside. They're the band from Nepal who organised the Silence Festival. Got a bunch of good songs. They just went out with Cancer Bats last year. Go watch them. And they'll probably have dancers on stage and that kind of thing. Um, like Demons. Uh, Crystal Lake, the Japanese metalcore band. Yeah, they're quite good. They'll be fun. Like, again, they'll bring a good show. They'll have a lot of energy. It'll be really cool. What else? What else is on there? I need the line. Oh, I mean, you, you think you, you smashed it there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, who else is on there? Uh, Batushka, I would definitely yes, recommend definitely. going to see um, uh, if, if you want some weird, uh, mysterious, kind of occult-tinged black metal. Do you want it to be like a ritual than a show? Yeah, exactly. Really <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, Love Bites, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, awesome Japanese power metal bands that we've covered in the mag quite a bit. Uh, they're really good places get a lot of attention which is great um, yeah I mean I'd echo most of what Elle said there really 
Lost Society, quite a cool thrash band. Um, they're decent if you like that kind of thing, for sure. Uh, Ginger, everyone's talking about. Um, there's definitely a buzz about them. Uh, yeah. Oh, Conjurer, of course. I was going to say Conjurer. Definitely. Also, um, 12 Foot Ninja are really good. Yeah, I saw them in Camden last year at the Underworld. They're really fun. Yeah. Sort of on the surface of it, you'd be like, oh, maybe this is like not a cool band to like. But they're actually super, super fun and great to watch live. And they actually played Silence Festival couple of years back which is the one I mentioned that's run by Underside who are also playing yeah I'd also say Alcest as well oh, oh yeah, cool yeah, yeah definitely yeah. I almost overlooked them because they're, they're you know one of the bigger bands but definitely. yeah I mean obviously the headliners at the gates carcass oh, do you know what I mean waits. like what the Waste. fuck that's just that's can just we, on the lowest it's going to be so much stuff going on how can we clone ourselves and be everywhere at once because legitimately this is the best downline, download lineup for about a decade yeah it's really, really really good, good. just um, proper proper stoked on it uh, should we do one more question maybe this one from Matthew to end on a <laughs> romantic Matthew note says what are some good heavy metal chat up lines well I didn't know where to go with this because I don't really know other than just I guess seeing someone in a band t-shirt that you like and going, I like that band. I don't really know what counts as a metal chat line. So I took a lyric from the romantic poet Marilyn Manson uh, from his really romantic and emotional song, User Friendly. And that is, I'm not in love, but I'm going to fuck you till someone better comes along. What about... (laughs) Not even acknowledge it. Not even acknowledging it. What about Ramstein? You have a pussy, I have a dick. <laughs> that's a really good one. <laughs> so what's the problem? Let's do it quick. That's a really good one, yeah. That that's a great a one. one. Uh, that's good. Any advance on that, Alice? I honestly didn't look into this. <laughs> Brilliant. So what would work on you or what would you do um, in a bar? I, I don't I don't know if any chat lines would really Yeah, don't encourage me. people, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> don't let people think oh, if I go say that. <laughs> just, you know, do you want a drink? That's a good one. Yeah, that's always a good start. <laughs> Can't go wrong with I mean free do drinks you want a drink? always good. Right. I'm really excited. But not a guarantee of anything. If someone no. put all my favourite songs on if there was like a jukebox and someone put all my favourite songs on, I'd be like, I love you now. <laughs> yeah. Hooray. I'd have to guess them though. Yeah, just put a put a coin in the jukebox and say would you like to pick some songs to me and I'd be like yeah that would be a good conversation starter or I'd just put it on and sing them bones in Alice's face and <laughs> yeah that would, that would probably work too but we're not inviting people to actually do that because that'd be weird um, that's it for this week cheers for tuning in everybody I can't believe it's three weeks till download fucking hell uh, next week we'll be getting ready for All Points East Bring Me The Horizons big festival headline debut in the UK I think I'm that's fair to say I'm super excited Architects are playing Health are playing Yeah we're going to be banging on about Health next week actually because they are health. a wicked band and you should definitely be watching them And um, I'm also going to see Tool in Berlin Oh yeah That's next weekend though right Oh yeah 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 Good point Alright cool No so, hang on No it's after All Points East it's the day after Which is next weekend Yeah Yeah Oh wait But you just said I said so we're going to be pre- previewing it. Oh no! Yeah, okay. It's fine. Yeah, we're going to pick out some uh, some some of the bands you should definitely be watching at All Points East if you're going. Um, the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. Machine fucking head. Go buy it. It is wicked. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.